0: Hey, Bankless Nation, welcome to this community, Ask Me Anything. We have the founder of Rai from Reflexor Labs um, created a really interesting stablecoin crypto dollar. We will get into the terms and definitions in this community. Ask me anything the first time around. We had some technical difficulty with the live stream. So hope you're hanging in there. If not, this recording will be available on YouTube. And of course, as always on the podcast, get your questions in on YouTube. We will put them in queue
1: and uh, try to fit them into the show. David, you ready for this? Absolutely. This is a really cool project. And I think really in the spirit of this week, because uh, this, is, this is Coinbase week. And this is uh, the week that crypto breaks into the NASDAQ. Uh, and we are slowly infiltrating the rest of the world, pulling them into the world of crypto. And then once you're in the world of crypto, we have this brand new project uh, called Reflexer and Rye, which is a, a self-sovereign stablecoin. Uh, not a not a crypto dollar, but a stable coin. And so we're really pioneering in all different directions. And once you come into the fold, we have this system that allows you to be self-sovereign without having to rely on the Fed uh, and ha- without having to rely on banks. Uh, and so I think this is, uh, uh, while you know, Coinbase is making a big splash on the legacy markets, we have uh, me, uh, on the other side of things, on the when you go into the rabbit hole, we have these tools that can allow you to just completely remove yourself. So these bridges from the legacy world into uh, you know completely self-sovereign finance are getting really, really strong. Uh, and the end destination is also getting really, really strong. And that end destination to me is something like this project that we're going to talk about today, which is Reflexor and Rye.
0: Yes, so we are doing this because these types of algorithmic stablecoins are a big deal, but what's an even bigger deal is that this is a self-sovereign, completely bankless attempt at some sort of a stability asset, stability mechanism for crypto. That means it's purely crypto native, no meat space, dependency it is truly in code we trust and therefore hits very much the, the the bankless thesis of creating a, a self-sovereign independent global money system for the world it's still an experiment but as David said we are deep down the rabbit hole so we are trying to figure out what this experiment might yield and what others like it might yield one c- quick disclaimer. uh, I love the vision for this project so much. I am actually an investor. uh, And I I hope that this project is successful. But if not Reflexer and Rye, some other project like it, it really fits the, the spirit of going bankless and why we're doing it. David, anything else to add before we get in with Stefan and dive into the community, ask me anything?
1: Yeah, Amin Soleimani, who's been uh, working with uh, the Reflexor team, uh, coined this term money gods. Uh, And the money god comes from um, just the fact that we can build something that is out of our control, and it in fact controls us. Uh, And this is Why Bitcoin is so powerful, right? Bitcoin is not something that can be steered by any one or few humans. Uh, It is something that just exists. And either we can accept that and integrate with it, or we can fight it. But generally, people who fight Bitcoin lose. Now, the Ethereum app layer, I think, allows that same sort of money godness, right? Like, we can build applications that control us that we cannot control. And I think that's really a big through line that we're going to um, have with this conversation uh, with Stefan. And overall, the through line for why the Ethereum app layer is so cool. Uh, and so, to me, it's really, really exciting to see app, uh, applications like Reflex or like Rye come into existence that uh, really resonate with the the money god ethos or money god thesis about why crypto is so cool all right guys before we get into this conversation with stefan that
0: i know you're going to enjoy we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible
1: bankless is proud to be supported by uniswap uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants Program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again, DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. It's almost $3 billion. This mountain of capital is looking for labor. Do you have something of value to contribute to the Uniswap DAO? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at unigrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. That's exactly what we did to get Uniswap to be a sponsor for Bankless, and you can do the same for your project. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. MetaMask
0: is your go-to wallet for the Bankless journey. If you're going Bankless, you need MetaMask, period. Browser and mobile, get them both. This is your tool to unlock the world of DeFi. Here's my favorite part. Now you can swap tokens directly in MetaMask with a single swipe. This has got to be the easiest way to trade Ethereum tokens. Choose a token you own, a token to exchange it with, and get your quotes. If you like what you see, you hit swap. That's it. What makes swap so useful is what happens behind the scenes. It compares DEXs, aggregators, and market makers to find you the best price with the lowest network fees and the least slippage. This means you can swap a wider range of tokens, and swaps can even automatically split up your trade to give you access to better liquidity. You don't even have to think about it. Try it out. Download MetaMask for desktop or mobile now at metamask.io and start swapping. All right, everyone, we are tuning into this Ask Me Anything with Stefan Unesco. He is on the founding team of Reflexor Labs. He's also a brilliant engineer. This is the team behind the asset called Rye, which is going to be the topic of today's Community Ask Me Anything. Of course, as usual, get your questions in on YouTube. We will answer those. But the first section is for David and I to actually uh, ask some questions. We get to be greedy. Uh, <laughs> and Stefan, it's it's great to have you. Welcome to Bankless. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Do you know I, I really want to start with the the high level for folks here uh, Stefan um, and a high level I guess the question is is sort of open ended what problem do you think rye is solving Right so rye is trying to solve some shortcomings in the kind of
2: usual mechanisms that you see around kind of creating pet coins as they call them or crypto dollars as the bank of nation calls them uh, it's mainly the fact that you need like we saw kind of a problem with DAI uh, last, during 2020, during Black Thursday, where they kind of struggled to keep DAI close to peg. Like, DAI went way above the peg at some point, and they had to do something to bring it back. Uh, and the thing that could they could have done was to depeg DAI, so not have it pegged anything, and manage to impose negative interest rates on their holders. So, kind of, anyone who held DAI was kind of subject to a negative rate that was draining value from them. And that would have made them sell and bring die back to the target price or kind of the peg, as they call it. So we're basically trying to solve problems that are kind of more technical in nature um, in, in the pegged coin or stable coin area.
0: As I recall, Stefan, this was actually contemplated in some of the discussions in the original uh, DAI design, actually. Yep. Um, I forget what it's called. Uh, T- TFRM something like that some sort of target DRFM. reference rate okay target rate feedback mechanism yeah. yeah so like what's interesting to me is uh David and I have made this comment <laughs> almost on every episode it feels like but like <laughs> the 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 what we're seeing is every experiment in crypto and in defi that can be tried will be tried right and so dai went in its own direction on a number of fronts they went multi collateral they went a bit more governance driven in terms of their stability design rather than algorithmic. Uh, And uh, they don't have the ability to do these negative rates. And so is Rai sort of a a reaction to that? Is it sort of taking some of these concepts and the, the road that was not traveled by Dai and implementing them? It is. On the one hand, I wanted to build
2: this simply to show that the initial maker team was right and that it is possible to have an asset that's, Stable and yet not picked anything. And it is possible to have negative rates in crypto. So it was more like curiosity for me to see if it can be done and how and then see how people might use that. So and I kind of knew about Maker because I prior to kind of starting to talk with Amin, who's in our founding team and you kind know, of getting to kind of know him and Nikolai, who also used to work at Maker, uh, I kind of studied Maker for about six months, I just did kind of research on stablecoins and I knew about the purple paper and I knew that they didn't implement TRFM before.
0: The other, I think, problem that, at least in my mind, this solves. So you're you're taking this in a different direction, maybe looking to get uh, a better stability mechanism out of it. But like the big crypto vision, right, is to have a money system that can operate independently of Mm. meat space. And right. what is Meatspace, right? Meatspace is obviously, you know, commercial banking, but it's also Meatspace is, is central banking. Meatspace is also nation-state uh governments. I know Amin in his in his article that David you referenced, um, calls calls this an independent state global reserve asset and unit of account, independent of the state. This has been part of the crypto vision, and we have independent monetary units in the form of Bitcoin, in the form of ether today, but these units are not stable. Can you talk about the, um, I guess, y- your thoughts on that? Is that part of what Rai is trying to solve as well?
2: Yeah, that's the idea. So we shouldn't, like crypto in general, I don't think crypto should fully depend on the dollar or specifically on any monetary policy that's external from the chain. So we should have a unit of account that's just that just depends on, like it just lives on a blockchain and you can just trust it and it's stable and you can transact with it. So that's kind of the idea, like not depend on the Fed to dictate what happens to what I
0: hold. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty much kind of the original crypto vision in a way. So Stefan, I want to take people to school a little bit here because um, you know, so someone made the comment I saw on on, on Twitter. It's like uh, you have to be full time into DeFi and crypto to actually like understand what's going on. And I feel like that's especially true of sectors that are um, like doing a tremendous amount of innovation. So new projects right. are coming out in sort of the, the crypto dollar stable coin sector uh, all of the time. And it's very difficult for people to come up with. You've got mm-hmm. these new acronyms like FEI and you know, um, FRAX and what like what is all of this stuff? So let's take people to school. I want some kind of an orientation here uh, to help ground the rest of this conversation. So I think of a few buckets as far as, I'm gonna generically call them stable coins, though mm-hmm. I know uh, David wants to have a semantic discussion about what stable coin actually is right. get to that. Okay. Um, but let's, let's uh, start with the first bucket, and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And this is stable coins that are on the one hand, dollar pegged mm-hmm. versus stable coins on the other hand that are not pegged to the dollar as a unit of account. Can you talk us through that? So which side does Rye fall on versus other projects? and why
2: so as far as i know rye is the only stable asset for now that's not picked anything so it's not picked to the dollar it's not picked to euro or to rather anything it just has like starting price It starts at like let's say we started at 3.14 dollars that was like pi was our initial target and from that point like rye and the system behind it uh reprices itself so it changes the target it changes kind of the peg where rye should always come down or up to or it should always come back to um and so just to mean, just yeah. to
1: be clear uh you guys picked 3.14 because you needed a number to start and yeah. you guys just picked pi because why not and it, there's no and so the only reason why you picked pi was because you needed a number but there's no formal relationship between rye and pi moving forward it just was the starting number and now it's in the past and now it doesn't matter anymore
2: yeah pretty much so we could have started at 100 bucks 1000 10000 it doesn't really matter it works the same
0: it's just
1: maybe and-
2: the human perception like you can start really high or really really low it's just that
0: I'm going to share a, a screenshot here and this is from the folks at Masari that sort of shows shows this in the context of the um, the possibility trinity and uh, and stable coins right so um, what we have on um, the right is kind of this uh, non-pegged stablecoin. This is maybe where where Rye fits. Uh, and this um, th- this is different than all of the dollar-pegged stablecoins that exist today. So there, there are different really trade-offs here, right? Um, but this is similar to like, uh, y- you know, a non-pegged dollar stablecoin is really similar to a currency of a sovereign nation, right? So, like the the yen, for instance, it trades against the dollar, but it is not in any way pegged to the dollar, right? right? And so they have to almost bootstrap that demand for a new unit of account. Any any just comments in general on some of the trade-offs that you guys are making with the, the impossibility trinity in having something that is non-pegged to the dollar?
2: Yeah, I would say the main advantage in a way is full discretion over setting your own monetary policy. So the system can choose exactly what interest rates it wants. It can choose exactly when it wants to attract capital or, or repel capital. So you have more flexibility on, in general, to change from your monetary policy as opposed to pet coins.
0: So the coins, though, they've gone in this direction because I think they've wanted to bootstrap their unit of account demand, right? Because everybody uses the dollar. We all know what the dollar is. Rye is an entirely different unit of account, essentially, and people aren't yet familiar with it. Is that some of the trade-off here that you don't, you're not able to bootstrap and say, yeah, you know what one Rye is worth because it's always like $1 or, or flexes around that rate. Can you talk about that trade-off?
2: Right. That's a trade-off in terms of kind of integrating Rye in the ecosystem. People don't yet kind of understand how can something be stable and kind of float. And I'm like, well, you can look at the euro, how it floats against the dollar, or as you said, yen or any other currency. So one, for now, it's kind of education is the hard part. And kind of telling people that this is stable without just referencing something external to it is the tough part.
0: All right, guys. So that's lesson one: dollar pegged versus non-dollar pegged. Rye is non-dollar pegged. Let's talk about another bucket that I think in you know staple coins uh, of in, in terms of collateralized on the one side versus uncollateralized on the other. What is collateralized versus uncollateralized, and which is Rye? So Rye is exactly
2: like DAI, it's over collateralized, uh, it's right, right now the minimum uh, C ratio collateralization ratio in RY is 145%. That's for ETH. So you can put ETH in the system and mint RY until your position goes to that minimum collateralization ratio. And below that you get liquidated again, exactly like in Maker or DAI. Um, un, uh, under collateralized stablecoins are the ones that try to go kind of below 100% backing with collateral. Or even to zero, and they try to maintain stability with a different mechanism that's not. Oh, now we lost both
1: camera and audio. One moment, guys, while we wait for Stefan to come back. Maybe internet
0: connection issue this time. We're not having good luck yeah. technically. No, not oh,
1: oh, he's totally gone. He's totally gone. All right. Well, <laughs> so what he was saying is that uh, Rye is uh, collateralized just like Dot. And so it's v- very similar to a CDP mechanism. Uh, so you submit Ether. And then you can mint rye, but you can only mint a lesser value of rye than what you collateralize. And I actually don't know those parameterization ratios at the top of my head. Um, probably something around one hundred and fifty percent Ryan, Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but you know, one hundred and fifty percent seems like the magic
0: number for, yeah. for Dai, and so I think mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, collateralized stablecoins have sort of adopted that.
1: There we go, uh, Stefan. Okay, so we we lost you real quick, and so we were kind of filling in the gaps. We talked about how Rye is very similar to uh, SCDP, where you c- stick in your ETH, you uh, collateralize your ETH, and then you mint uh, Rye, just like how you mint Dai. Uh, but is it what's it is the uh, what's the parameterization ratio for Ether and and Rye? Like is one hundred and fifty percent? What's that number?
2: It's one hundred and forty five percent. So it's a bit lower than uh, the one okay. the usual one in Maker.
0: Can we talk okay. about some of the trade offs? Right. So. Um... Collateralized. An example of that is Rye. An example of that is Dai. Hmm. Um, uncollateralized. An example of that is maybe Faye? I'm not sure. What are some examples out there? Maybe empty set dollar. Maybe hmm. the original basis cash design right. would be examples of these things. So, what are the trade-offs on uh, you know collateralized versus? Uncollateralized, it seems like you know, one of the trade-offs has got to be, well, with collateralized, you've you've got something backing it at, mm. at so there's like a bottom level of value that the thing can sink to. And uncollateralized, there's like nothing backing it. But how do these trade-offs um, appear to users? So when you have something backing your Bitcoin or stable coin, people tend to
2: trust that a bit more. Like we saw in practice that basis does not really work. Like there's always a bank run, people just sell that until it goes to almost zero. So it doesn't really work. You need something kind of instill credibility to other people, Uh, otherwise it doesn't work.
0: Okay, as long as we are taking folks to school, then we've covered two collateralized, uncollateralized, dollar pegged versus non-dollar pegged. Um, Rye is non-dollar pegged, collateralized. Let's talk about this this other area that I think is important, which is uh, governed stability versus something that's more algorithmic. And what I mean by that is uh, you know the stability mechanism that the like interest rates for a CDP in Maker are determined by Maker governance, those mm-hmm. that own the MKR holder. Um, that's not the case with Rye. Rye is maybe more algorithmic s- stability uh, on that side of the spectrum. These are my own terms, but <laughs> you, you tell me, like, how, how, what's what's Rye and what is how, how do you minimize governance? How is that different?
2: Yeah, so rise is a bit different compared to DAI because we also have stability fees for every collateral type that's in the system. But in our case, stability fees are more or less fixed or bounded. They kind of price the risk that an asset brings to the protocol. So, For example, we can price kind of the risk for ether at 2% interest per year. So when you open a position, you need to pay kind of 2% interest per year to keep it open. Um, we have something else that's used to for stability to actually st- stabilize rye and that lever is called the redemption rate uh that thing is a number on in a smart contract that every second is multiplied by the current moving peg that rye has and it results in a new moving peg for rye so if the if the moving peg for rye right now is let's say $3 that number in 1 second from now that number will be multiplied by that current peg and it will result in a new peg. And that's how kind of the redemption rate uh, changes the moving peg that Rye has. And by changing the peg, it, it kind of imposes either a negative or a positive interest rate on holders. Because the idea is that when the moving peg goes up, we have a positive interest rate. So you kind of earn something by holding Rye And when there's a negative interest rate, you lose value by holding right.
0: So this minimizes governance. And why is governance minimization important for self-sovereign money?
2: We at Reflexor generally believe that human discretion will be the main thing that will make an asset unstable in the future. So human discretion in general means that anyone can come, they can impose their will on the majority of the people, and they can say, I want this thing to work like X, even if it's suboptimal. So we think that the ideal way to build this stable asset is to just put the system in charge, put an algorithm in charge, and let it work.
0: Yeah, in, in a way, this is a this is a very Austrian idea. It's a very like like Bitcoiner idea. It's a very Hayek idea of like you know there should be these these private money systems that try all of these various experiments, and the best one will uh, will win out. This is why it drives me crazy, by the way, when a you have somebody who's maybe a Bitcoin maximalist who's, who says things like, you know, um, yeah, Ether and Ethereum-based money systems, that's all fiat, right? Like, that's not Austrian at all. Like, hard money, fixed supply is the only way to go. I'm like, Ethereum's trying a massive amount of Austrian hard money experiments that don't have human discretion. Like, go look at Rye. Um, which brings me to maybe in our education series here to get grounding the last bucket here, which is um, trusted versus trustless mm-hmm. stablecoins, and I think this is a this is an important one um, because in order to be on the more trustless side of the spectrum, and guys, it is a spectrum here. There's nothing that humanity has ever created or can create that is 100 percent trustless. Um, but the more trustless it is, the more self-sovereign a money system it can become. If you believe in the protocol sync thesis as, as David and I do, then more trusted systems will sink to the bottom of this. But like trust can come about in the form of governance, as we just talked about, but also in the form of what um, collateral assets are, are backing the system. And this is what's kind of interesting. Here's another uh, chart from Massari. Um, I think David, I see some of your handiwork in here from from mm-hmm. some triangles you put out on Bankless um, at yeah, one point like in time. <laughs> but so what we have here is a comparison of of money systems, right? Um, you've got the reserve asset at the bottom, and if we look at old analog systems, uh, they used to be based on gold, and then dollars were really collateralized at one point in time before we went off the gold standard by that gold as a reserve store of value asset and then kind of banking was built on top of that. And this is similar to what rye is doing. Ether, as i understand it, is the collateral for this. And why ether? Maybe you'll tell us, but i think it's probably because it is the most trustless collateral source found on ethereum and then you could build a more stable currency on top of that collateral resource. And then of course we have DeFi that can be built on top of this and, and tap into this. Can you talk about that? Uh, am I right that Ether is the uh, the form of collateral, and can you talk about why Ether?
2: That's right. So the main reason why we picked ETH uh, it's, is because it's simple. It's the most trustless asset on Ethereum, and it's also simple to governance minimize the protocol in general when you just have Ether. Like you don't have external trust assumptions like USDC, for example, or rap BTC, so you don't need to uh, kind of fear that some other party can just take your collateral and the system breaks. Um, And it's also, again, easy to governance minimize a protocol so we can automate everything. We just have one collateral type. It's pretty easy to kind of put some smart contracts, put some code in place, make all the parameters kind of change themselves. And people just put ease in the system and it just works. Like that's where we want to get. That's the point where we want to get.
0: Why did Maker go in the direction of multi-collateral versus you guys are, are remaining in the direction of is almost part of the original dive, you know, single collateral die version, which was just ether. I mean, I think one of the reasons I've, I've heard is so that they can have more economic bandwidth, right. let's call it to, to increase the supply of dye, um, can you talk about maybe some some trade-offs you guys are making there, why they went in this direction um versus you?
2: That's right. So kind of ETH, the kind of total uh, market cap of ETH is kind of the max kind of value that rye can have. Right? ETH is kind of the economic bandwidth that that's kind of limiting us. And we took this decision again because we want to governance minimize a protocol. We want to have at least one of these protocols that just doesn't depend on humans even if it maybe remains a bit smaller than DAI or other systems, we can use it and we don't need to trust like some other third party that, and we don't need to think that the system breaks. So we just wanna have like one of these experiments that just works and it doesn't depend on anyone else.
1: So just to drive this point home, uh, Rai uh, uh, has committed to not ever including any other collateral other than ether into its collateral type because the introduction of other collateral would, be, would necessitate, the, necessitate the requirement of actually voting that collateral in one and also trusting the issuer of that other asset. When Ethereum was born in the first block and then also the, the next like 10,000 blocks, there was only one asset and that one asset was Ether. There were no other assets. Other assets came to Ethereum because humans issued those assets. Those assets can't be used as collateral inside of, of Rye because one, it would have to be vote, like human determined to be included. And also it would be a trust mechanism on those other collateral. So Rye will only ever be collateralized by Ether ever due to the nature of Ether as the primary asset of Ethereum. Yep, that's right.
2: That's right. So it's, again, this, this system should be simple so we can governance minimize it and it should be trustless. Mm-hmm. So these are the goals. We took this decision because we want to
0: fulfill these two. The math here is pretty simple here, guys, too, as far as like we, we've called Ether a trustless source, uh, a, a source of trustless economic bandwidth in, in the past. And so if Ether's total market cap is like one four or five trillion at some point in the future, that means rye can at maximum be like close to a trillion. It can't be beyond that because it's using ether as its source of collateral. So that's kind of the constraint that you were talking about. Of course, that's less of a constraint if ether is 10 trillion, 20 trillion, 30 trillion dollars, right? So there's a little bit of a, I guess, a bull case assumption for people valuing trustless collateral and trustless economic bandwidth that is part of the uh, the, the die case here. David, I, I want you to maybe introduce kind of your question here because I, mm-hmm. I saw you tweet this out a couple of weeks ago about the semantic definition and the difference between crypto dollars and stable coins because crypto dollars is also a term the industry uses. Maybe you can explain that and introduce that.
1: Right, I saw I saw uh, Stefan tweet out um, I think perhaps out of frustration frustration that people kept on calling Rai a stable a stable coin when he's like no Rai's not a stable coin uh, because people when they when they say stable coins they're talking about on-chain dollars right in my mind the right and this is this is just a semantics conversation this is like what words do we use to describe these things in my mind if we're going to use the term for things, tokens that are redeemable for a dollar or worth one dollar on Ethereum, we should call them dollars, especially USDC. Let's just call those dollars because it's not like when I have dollars in my Wells Fargo bank account, I call them Wells Fargo dollars, even though that's what they are. They are are a claim on dollars that is provided to me by Wells Fargo. USDC is a claim on dollars provided by Circle. USDC is just a dollar. If we want to get more specific, we can call it a crypto dollar. Stablecoins don't have the term dollar in them. Uh, and so stable coins to me, uh, as a word, are illustrative of a, a coin, a token that is stable. And if, if, if it was a dollar, we would call those a stable dollar coin or a crypto dollar or a dollar. But I think a stable coin leaves room to, for specifically something that is not a dollar. Because if it was a dollar, we would just use the term dollar. Um, and so in my mind, Rye is actually the only stable coin on Ethereum. Uh, Stefan, how do you feel about this take? That's pretty much correct. Again, I'm generally
2: when I try when I explain something, I'm trying not to fight people. Like they have like Mm -hmm. certain framework that they use to think about things, and I'm like, okay, you can use that framework. I'm trying to kind of build a new one. That's kind of right. A couple of years ago, like even before Dai was released, stablecoin was meant to mean to mean low volatility or dampened volatility compared to something, compared to Ether or compared to anything that you can think of. So Rye is kind of at least. Knowledge the only stablecoin for now on Ethereum.
1: I think David- and also Im- importantly, uh, the calling crypto dollars stable coins uh, does too much, gives too much to what the dollar is because the dollar is perhaps actually not all that stable because it loses value every single year. Uh, And perhaps it doesn't lose that much value. Um, But the reason why people assume the dollar is stable is because we don't have any other frame of reference for it. Uh, Stability is always a referential thing it's always relative you can't have stability in one asset without comparing it to another asset and so now that we have something like rye maybe we'll actually be able to chart the value of dollars versus rye and we'll find out that rye is actually better storehold of wealth over time perhaps making it a better stable coin than a dollar
2: right for now uh so right now we're still at the beginning the system is still kind of it out it's still kind of a demo and it's still an experiment and i would say that rye for now is kind of devaluing faster than the dollar uh people still are still learning about the system and they don't really know how to interact with it um but i guess yeah we, we will see how rye will behave in one or two five years from now
0: david just for what it's worth man i'm i'm on your team on this one like mm-hmm. um I definitely believe the term stablecoin is more accurate for something like rai and is not accurate for something like USDC. Those are more crypto dollars. However, if if we're going to kind of push that narrative forward, even if it's the true narrative, I think it's going to be an uphill battle, my friend, because the whole industry just buckets all of it and calls it all stablecoins and there's not unless you're deep down the rabbit hole, I don't think the average user knows. The difference between using USDC versus Dai versus Rye, versus and the different trust assumptions that you're taking on there. Um, but it's definitely a, a, a narrative battle. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to
1: fight. Yeah, progress. This is 100% a semantics conversation and Stefan as the CEO of a, a brand new DeFi app I can totally understand why you are not interested in fighting that fight. However, <laughs> we'll we will you. fight that fight. We will fight that fight for you. That's that's what Bankless does. <laughs> well, the other the the, Thanks, the way the way Stefan can help, really, is like or
0: Rai can help is get on the radar, right? Is like be successful. That's what will really turn the conversation. Um so can we talk about that? Uh Stefan is like, "So how many weeks or months are you guys from from launch to mainnet at this point in time?
2: Uh, about two months. We're close. So on seventeenth uh, this month, we will have two months since we launched. Okay, um, so it's not a ton of time.
0: So two months in. Let's talk about this a little bit um, first. So post launch, how has Rye maintained stability? What were kind of some of your expectations, and how has it actually gone? And while you talk, I might bring up CoinGecko to sort of, we could folks on YouTube can see this on the charts, but how has it done as far as, uh, you know, stability maintenance?
2: So in the beginning for for a couple of weeks, actually in the first month, uh, Rye traded way above kind of its moving peg for a long time. Um, There was kind of a ton of demand because we had some incentives in the system that made people just trade Rye way above uh, the moving peg. Um, now it's a bit more stable. So it managed like after one month, it managed to go below the moving peg and then the moving peg started, started to go up uh, because up until that point it just went down, down, down because it, Rye was devaluing itself. Uh, and now it's starting to go up again. Um, so we kind of expect in the long run, we hope and we expect to see Rye kind of just oscillating around that moving peg and not just continuously devaluing itself.
0: So what is that moving peg then? Is that the, um, the pie three, $3 and 14 cents. So that was the initial yep. moving
2: peg. And now it's around 3.02 because we were also kind of tuning the, uh, smart contract that that's in charge with kind of changing the moving peg inside the system. Um, and now kind of it's tuned, but we're still waiting on the market to kind of learn about Rye and learn how it works. So right now it's about 3.02 dollars. How has that performed versus your hopes or expectations? It's pretty much in line with them. I was expecting people to trade way above the moving peg and Rye devaluing itself. Uh, I think we will still see a couple of weeks of that, if not a couple of months. Uh, but at some point I, we hope like by pushing kind of edu- educating our community, we hope to see um, kind of rise
1: stabilizing itself a bit more. So, uh, Stefan, I actually started tinkering with this uh, around launch, a couple of days after after launch. And uh, as Bankless listeners might know, I'm really bullish on Ether, and mm-hmm. so I put some Ether <laughs> into into Reflexer, uh, and I borrowed some Rye, and then I sold Rye into Uniswap for more Ether, and I put that Ether back into Reflexer. And so, not only was that good because Ether price went up. And I got more ether, but also Rye has gone down in price. So my collateral that I leveraged up, which is uh, not financial advice, don't do that unless you know what you th- know, know what you're doing, uh, that uh, went up, and then the what I owe went down. And so w- when I finally repay my Rye, I'm gonna have to buy that off the secondary market, and then and then go back to Reflexor and, and burn it. And then I can get my ETH back. Uh, so yeah, pat myself on the back. That, that was a good move. Let's talk about these market forces, market dynamics. Um, why, why did you suspect that Rye would devalue itself initially? Why was that your, your uh, assumption?
2: Because well, it
1: it's like me? Uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> also, uh,
2: generally, you can see kind of dollar coins, pet coins trading slightly above the peg kind of for long periods of time. So we were kind of expecting, especially in the beginning, right, to devalue itself in order to kind of bring the market price down. Um, this kind of and also the fact that we have kind of a, an incentives campaign running uh, that kind of messed a bit with this, how the system works. Uh, we kind of expected the system or Rye to go down in value, at least initially. It okay, does. And
1: so what what do you expect for to happen out in, in the long run? Uh, do you expect it? Like, let's go out um, two years. Let's go out next two years. Uh, what would you expect Rye to do o- over that time frame? Or do, is that even a possible question to ask? It's tough to
2: say because the system is just meant to look at what the market does, and then it reacts to the market. So if the market trades Rye right at the premium, then Rye will go down. If it trades Rye right at a discount, it will go up. Um, so it's really hard to say. Like in two years, what will happen? My, I would say that. At least in the next year, Rye might have a slight bias to go down, uh, because again there will be kind of adoption, there will, might be demand, and people will trade Rye at a premium.
1: Okay, so if there is Rye demand, that is going, what is that going to do to the Rye price?
2: Um, so if if like the market price of Rye on Uniswap, for example, is above the target that we want, uh, this target will start to go down because the system wants the market to bring the market price down and close to the target, even kind of below the target. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, there is kind of, we we saw that in our models when we kind of simulated Rye, we saw that if there is kind of a continuous premium on the market price, uh, Rye will just probably reprice itself to zero, which is like not that good. So we have some ideas now to kind of Tinker with the controller and make it work, even if there's kind of a constant premium for a long period of time. Um, but that's kind of what you can expect. So if the if we don't do like we will change some things, but if we don't do something now, you will kind of see a slight bias to go down in terms of kind of rye value.
0: So the is the way Amin uh, shows this or describes this is kind of like as a spring, right? That kind of like oscillates back and forth, um, but the the goal of the spring. The controller, as you mentioned, is to restore and return ride to some equilibrium point. Right.
2: Right. The idea is that in Rai's case, there's not a fixed equilibrium. Like the target changes. It's not like fixed to $1 or to something. The target itself changes instead of doing something else to bring the marketplace to a target.
1: And what determines what that target is? I think you mentioned this earlier, but but that's always the part that gets people hung up and and including me. Mm -hmm.
2: The system itself. So we just said in the beginning, like Rai is this, like it's 3.14 bucks inside the protocol. Uh, And from that point on, just the controller or like, yeah, the smart contract that changes the moving peg just did its job and changed the moving peg down because it wanted people to just sell Rai and bring the market price back down to the moving peg. And what are the inputs to that system? Um, so kind of the controller, the PID controller kind of has three terms. It has P, I, and D. P is the proportional. So it kind of takes into account the current difference between the market price of Rye and the target that we want for Rye. Uh, the integral kind of sums the error that kind of over, let's say 24 hours, the, all the errors that we saw kind of between market and target price, uh, and it kind of sums all of these. And then it sums the I term with the P term. Uh, And then it kind of spits out the result. And that result is kind of the pace at which the moving peg changes in the protocol. And that basically the market kind of affects what that pace is and how the moving peg changes. Like if uh, Amin likes to use this example, if Joe Lubin comes tomorrow and puts like 10 billion uh, in ETH in the system, uh, he can crash the protocol and then the moving peg will quickly start to go up because it wants people to buy rye and bring the market price back up. So in a way, kind of the market decides.
1: Is it something like a trailing average of of rye price? Is that kind of the net effect of this or is that not accurate?
2: Uh, Not really, like you can think of that in terms of the integral term, uh, but it's not really a trailing, uh, it's not, it's just, it just is, so the price Mm -hmm. just is and then at every couple of hours, the system says, okay, the market price is this. I want this to happen. So I will make the moving peg now go that way. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like it just is.
1: And is there, is there an Oracle in this system coming from the Uniswap trading pair?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we have, uh, we use, we use Chainlink for ETH USD, uh, for now, and we use Uniswap v 2 or pool to get the raw ETH price. And then using Chainlink, we get the raw USD and then that goes in the controller.
1: Did I did I notice a hint of uh uh wishing for better oracles in that in yes. that that comment? Yeah, P- uh, perhaps yeah, we, talk about that.
2: We we love Chainlink Like it was really easy to use them. We still want to use something that doesn't really in need human management. So ideally also another Uniswap pool that just takes the ETH price and we use that in the system.
0: Do you think that's coming? Hopefully yes, especially
2: with uh, Uniswap V3. So hopefully yeah.
0: What's so interesting about this from a high level, right, is we've, we've had kind of like D- David uses the term money gods, right, which is r- really the, the math or the code, the, 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 the protocol behind the, the force of money, right? So most famously, the trust in code for Bitcoin is there shall be 21 million and fixed supply, and we cut it in half every four years. The trust in code for something like RAI is you have ETH, and then it's this PID, that's, that's the code. This spring mechanism behind the system is the thing that you're trusting in. And that is all written in smart contract code on Ethereum. So it is also equally immutable as the entire Ethereum platform. I think that's super cool.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what we're shooting for. So many people ask, like, but why not put more collateral types in Rye? And I'm like, well, you, we can have Rye and then we can have other systems like rye which would be great so Like nothing stops us from experimenting a bit more with money guys.
0: Okay, very cool. We're gonna get back to this conversation with Stefan. (laughs) I know David and I have dominated. I've just got a couple more questions Mm -hmm. about how Rai has done since launch. And then we're going to get into some of the listener questions and maybe we'll get some spicy takes from you Stefan about some of the other Elgo coins that are out there and recent events. But before we do that, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. Guys, we've entered a bull market. Now is the time to start building your crypto empire and you should do it on Gemini. You already know Gemini is the world's most trusted crypto exchange, but now you can do even more than trade. You can earn. You can take one of your crypto assets and park it in an interest-earning Gemini account where you can get up to 7.4% annualized. There's nothing more satisfying than earning passive income on an asset that you're already bullish on. This is a crypto-native superpower. You know what's coming soon too? A Gemini crypto credit card. Yep, that's a credit card, not a debit card. It gives you rewards and hard money crypto assets, not something inflationary like airline miles or hotel points gives you up to 3% cash back in crypto. The card is coming in Q2, but you should get on the waiting list right now and we'll include a link. See what I mean? This is more than just trading. Gemini is your bridge to crypto for the bull market. Open a free account in less than three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. Get $15 in Bitcoin after you trade your first $100.
1: That's gemini.com slash go bankless synthetics is ethereum's decentralized derivatives liquidity protocol what does that mean synthetics is a platform for creating and trading synthetic assets which are assets that are priced via an oracle rather than bids or asks traders can use the quenta exchange which hosts and trades all of the synthetic assets created by synthetics Traders on Quenta can trade synthetic tokens like SBTC, S-Oil, or SDFI. Because Quenta is powered by synthetics, traders experience zero slippage on their trades. No, I didn't mean low slippage, I meant no slippage because that is the power of the synthetics platform. No slippage on your trades. You can also easily short assets with iSynths, which are synthetic assets that move inversely to their target asset. Synthetics isn't just for traders. Developers can build on synthetics to access the infinite liquidity offered by synthetic assets, or investors can stake collateral to the protocol and earn fees that the protocol collects. If you're a trader and you're looking for a trading platform and not found in the legacy world, check out Quenta.io. If you're a developer or you just want to earn yield on your collateral, go to www.synthetics.io where you can stake your SNX or ETH and earn fees from Synthetics.
0: So Stefan, we talked about the uh, one measure of success of Rye as being a, um, the, the price stability of Rye as a unit. Right, right now I'm showing a dashboard um, that is on the Reflexor.finance website because I want to ask you about another success criteria of a, an aspiring stablecoin, and that is total supply. How many units are out there right now? So how many units of Rye are out there right now? What is the market cap of Rye? And is that meeting your expectations so far?
2: So the market cap is around $100 million right now. Uh, The supply kind of floats between 32 and 34 million Rye. Um, It's pretty much in line with what I expected. We actually expected a bit less simply because people don't yet understand Rye. So it's going pretty well. I know, this,
0: My, this, yeah, you know, odd. mentally, I, I, mentally, for a second there, that math didn't check out to me. But then, of course, I remembered that rise, of course, were three dollars, yeah, right, and not one dollar. So, it, it, you know, that math checks out now. Um, let's talk about another, I guess, area of the success of a stablecoin that is, uh, what it's being used for. Ultimately, a stablecoin has to uh, ascend through a, I guess, monetization path. Maybe the first step, some would say, is being used as a collateral source uh, for other assets, maybe a collateral source in DeFi. But eventually, you got to start on being used as a medium of exchange and a a unit of account, and that can happen sporadically in all sorts of different ways, as we've seen with Bitcoin and Ether so far and other stable coins. Where are you seeing the use cases for Rai right now, and where do you expect to see them in the future?
2: Right now, I would say... use cases are pretty much DeFi centric, so kind of money markets, um, derivatives, so that kind of stuff. Actually, Rai can be used in two money markets right now, uh, and we will have a third one by the end of the month. Um, So we we have like money markets on premium and on fuse. um, And we're also working with a couple of people, for example, to add Rai as a collateral type in projects like UMA, Uh, and other synthetic platforms that will probably come in next month.
0: So what's the plan to grow? Um, This is a question from actually someone else on the Bankless team, uh, Mm. our our editor. What's the question to grow from 100 million where you are today, which is not too shabby, by the way, uh, in the not too distant past. That was um, where Dai was. In fact, I think, David, if I'm remembering correctly, when we had Mariano on, it was like around 100, 100 uh, million or so. That was in, in 2020, mm-hmm. so it's sort of mid-2020. You guys are already there. What's the plan to get to 1 billion, 10 billion, 100 billion?
2: Right, uh, I think it's mainly use cases. So as you said, Ryan needs to become a medium of exchange on Ethereum, so people need to use it for something more than just DeFi. They need to use it for payroll. Um, they need to use it for bounties. So I would say kind of implanting the idea of rye as money is important for kind of rye to grow.
0: So this brings me to a question from one of our uh, listeners who uh, came in from the Discord, Iggy. Does Reflex Labs have a token yet? Uh, and like, of course, we're talking about Rye as, as a token, a monetary token. Is there a token associated with Reflex or Labs? Uh, and if, if yes, what does that do?
2: Yeah. So we we plan to have a token. Tomorrow we will actually have the first Genesis community distribution for the, that token. Um, the idea is that the token is very similar to MKR in a way because the protocol Rai is very similar to Dai. Um, the token will act mainly as a backstop for the system. So we will protect the system. It will kind of ensure the system against a black swan event, for example. And in the long run, even if like Rye is meant to be governance minimized, like very, very few components will be governed by humans. There will be some things like oracles, for example, uh, that need to be upgraded in the long run and people can vote on those upgrades using the token.
1: And then is it also theoretically possible to vote out governance? Like where like, oh, you know, we've upgraded to Uniswap v3. There's liquidity on Uniswap v3. Mm-hmm. We don't really see any viable like upgrade paths ahead of us. Uh, which means that the only viable upgrade path after that is to vote, to have no more votes ever. Is that something that you guys, uh, consider? Uh, that's what we want to do. Although the idea is that like we remove control, we remove most of the control.
2: We kind of show the community that we're very serious about not having humans in the protocol, and then we hope that the community will just take, kind of will take our kind of position and they will, they will vote most of the other remaining control out. Uh, if right. possible. If not,
1: they need to decide. Right. So it's a it's a governance minimization process, and and hopefully it ends at you know zero governance. But but there's more to the to the token as well. You you talked about it's a backstop for the system. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a little bit. But maybe the maybe let's also talk about the way that the system as a whole captures value and the relationship of the FLX token in that scenario. Right.
2: So. Again, FLX is very similar to MKR. It has kind of exactly the same mechanism for now. There is kind of a stability fee inside a protocol. Uh, people need to pay that stability fee when they mint why. These stability fees accrue in the protocol's balance sheet. And kind of after a certain point, the system itself will try to auction a portion of these stability fees in exchange for FLX tokens. Uh, and then these tokens are automatically burned.
0: For the FLX token itself, is there any sort of uh, incentive system uh, that you guys have going, any kind of liquidity mining? Uh, what does that look like?
2: Most like most of our campaigns and rewards right now are focused on kind of growing rise, having liquidity to make sure that Uniswap pool is liquid, that the uh, price feed cannot be manipulated easily. Uh, we don't really have any plans for FLX. We kind of focus on growing the protocol, making sure Rye is healthy, uh, and then we will see if something else comes up.
0: Very cool. Here's a question from um, Bankless Listener Above Average Joe. Uh, Is Float on your radar? And if so, how would you compare their plan against Rye? And I've got to be honest, I actually don't know what Float is. Maybe you do, Stefan. Yeah, it's another
2: attempt or design at creating a non-peg stable asset I don't think it's live yet. I just heard about the protocol. I didn't really check it. Um, I think they they, read, they wrote an article about them and us and comparing us, uh, but I didn't really check them in
0: depth. Can we talk about that as a category? Because we're in kind of recent news. Um, Faye has been an uh, attempt at a crypto dollar, maybe right. using our terminology, um, that is uncollateralized and that has... Uh, recently come to the scene with like with a massive amount of uh, market value at the very beginning mm-hmm. it's it's been a little bit shaky since that what's your take on Faye and similar designs
2: i would maybe just comment about mechanism design in general um a mechan- i don't think a mechanism should force the market to do something i think the market should be allowed to do anything uh the mechanism should adapt to what the market uh does not by, not the other way around so I think people who, anyone who builds a protocol or a mechanism should take that into account.
0: And is that something that they didn't do? I, I haven't been tracking Faye myself to the nth degree, but it seemed that there were a lot of kind of non-mechanism, human intervention sorts of decisions that were involved and are continuing to be involved to get it back to stability, what it needs to be. Is, is that sort of what you're commenting on?
2: Yes, yes, I didn't really analyze their mechanism kind of in in detail. Um I just know that they they probably need to pivot right now. Uh I, that, I think that's what the team is doing and I hope that they manage to bring uh Faye back to 1. With what are new some
0: system? Do you think do you think uh maybe this is a philosophical question but do you think uncollateralized stablecoins can ever be or crypto dollars can ever be successful or are they fundamentally flawed? We have an example, uh, a model. Uh, There's
2: kind of an asset called Frax that's uh, right now backed mostly by USDC, uh, but their collateralization ratio is on average below 100%. And they managed to kind of make that work up until this point, and it's working pretty well. I think people might manage to build something that's maybe below 100%, but in general, I don't really see these mechanisms kind of long lasting. In general, I kind of think over-capitalization is the security buffer that every stable asset needs to have.
0: So Frax, to your point, that's kind of a hybrid, right? It's not completely yeah, it's a hybrid. Yeah. Um, what other stablecoin designs are out there that, uh, that you do actually like? I mean, DAI, of course, because we, we took
2: inspiration from them. Um, I just hope they would, at some point, maybe take the same decision that we took and they detach from the dollar and have negative rates.
0: Do you know what? It's like, I, um, I actually, like, I get where you're coming from. And there's an element of me that hopes for that. But um, there's also an element of like, I'm glad that experiment is running on the side and that Rye has its own experiment and that both of those experiments can come to fruition. We get to see what the best experiment actually was. I feel like that adds some additional uh, resiliency to all of Ethereum's monetary experiments. Um, but I get what you're saying. I've got another question coming in from the Discord about sure. plans to migrate Rye to Ethereum layer two. What are plans there?
2: So we cannot really migrate the protocol itself. Like smart contracts are already deployed, we cannot really migrate all the ether that's in the protocol. We can instead bring Rai to L2, for example, on Loopring or some other chain, side chain or L2, where it can be traded or used in DeFi. And that
1: I think that's the long-term plan. And the Reef, the the, the Rai system, the protocol has to actually stay on the L1 to maintain that governance minimization. Uh, because L2s are don't have the same level of trust assurances that the L1 does. Rye can go anywhere, but the rye uh, credit facility, the actual mm-hmm. protocol, the actual application that has to stay on L1, right? Yeah, that's
2: the idea. So we 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 need rye to live in Manhattan and then it can kind of go and take a trip on other streets or cities or whatever. So yeah, that's that's the idea.
0: Love that Manhattan analogy, uh, Stefan. Uh, for folks that have been intrigued by this entire conversation in the Bankless Nation and they're looking to kind of get involved in what Reflexor and what Rye is up to, how can they get involved?
2: I think the best way is to check our Twitter. So we are at Reflexor Finance and we also have links to our Discord there and
1: our website. And that will be in the show notes as well.
0: Guys, of course, if you are a degen like my co-host David Hoffman here, you can also experiment with going margin long on your ETH using the Rye platform. There's definitely some alpha to earn uh, if you do it well. But of course, risks and disclaimers. As I say that, ETH is risky. So is margin. So is crypto in general. In fact, all of DeFi is risky. You could lose what you put in. We're headed west. Eth is
1: risky, and ETH on margin is even riskier. (laughs) Thanks, David. I feel like you said that for yourself, too. (laughs) We are headed west. This is the frontier. It's
0: not for everyone, but thanks so much for joining us on the Bankless Journey. Thanks for having me.